no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the 40 Yard Switch. It's episode 15. Uh, we'll be, as always, joining alongside me. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited for Monday. He's fresh off uh, scoring a worldie uh, in uh, our fo- uh, local football that we play today. Yeah, I'm feel- feeling pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, t- talk us through it just briefly. Um, we'll be posting the video when we get it on, on, on the social media, but you know, just take us through it. Ball, ball spilled out of a sort of 50-50 aerially. I brought it down. Maybe maybe like 20, 20 yards out? 25. 25 yards 25. Out, and just hit it on like the half volley. And just went in the bottom corner. Skidded really nicely off the top, off the top of the grass. Out it's of, all a blur, to be honest. Out of, out of reach of the keeper. I was right behind the goal when it went in. It was, yeah, sensational. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, but yes, so... Scoring goals on the field, and we're about to score a goal off the field Kicking with this banger us. of a podcast. <laughs> let's fucking let's get it going. Uh, so yeah, the semi-finals are done, and the final awaits. England are one step closer to it coming home, and we will and they will play Italy, who advanced after extra time and penalties against Spain. Uh, England winning in extra time, and yeah, quite interesting two games. Probably didn't go the way we thought. Either of them would go. I reckon. I can. Ah. Oh. Well, I, I suppose Italy, Spain wasn't quite as cagey as as we thought. Like Spain dominated a lot more than than we than we expected. Dominated yeah. the ball a lot more than we expected. Um, I also thought the England Denmark game. I, uh, the the scoreline was close, but I thought like the hot, the general gameplay would be closer. Hmm. I and to be fair, I feel like Denmark. I uh, England dominated for a large portion of that game yeah for, for the majority of the the game they were dominant but there were certainly periods in, in which D- Denmark were on top for, for sure, sure. They, yeah. they they showed quite a bit I think um I I think the issue with Denmark they, they went out of the game basically after like 60 minutes when they made that substitute taking, yeah. Dam, taking off yeah. Damsgore they, and they don't have Hol- the depth uh, they don't have the depth that these other three teams in the quarterfinals have um, yeah, takes Damsgaard and Dolberg off at the same time, and you've got basically championship players. So yeah, it's, it's always going to be difficult. But they played incredibly well, incredible tournament for Denmark. Um, yeah, and like th- things look good for their future too. Absolutely. Yeah, that Dams- Damsgaard goal was just phenomenal, incredible, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Uh, not obviously. Uh, so, so we'll, before we touch on, because there was obviously plenty of talking points with regards to con- uh, controversy from the England Denmark game, but we'll we'll touch on the uh, Italy Spain game first. So, not we thought it would, Spain would have tired legs, and uh, Italy would just you know do whatever until it got to extra time, and then they would run Spain off their feet. It's not really the the way it went. Spain looked the far fresher team. Uh, and dominated the ball like we thought. We thought they would dominate. The, we thought they would dominate. Well, not dominate. We thought they would share, like have the lion's share of the possession. But we didn't think, or the majority of the possession. But we didn't think it would be to the sixty-five, thirty-five percentage that it was. 
Yeah, I'm um, yeah, I'm just looking at it and again they, they they dominated like the the passes like passes completed stat again. So 908 to Italy's 387. So Italy Italy did well because obviously they're a good side, but yeah, just the way Spain dominate the ball and they've done this consistently this tournament. Like they just yeah. But yeah, hats off to Italy. They uh, weathered the storm if you will. Uh, and uh, in the story for me coming out of this game is, I mean, obviously the penalty shootout, but it's just Spain not capitalizing on the, the amount of chances they created. Because in essence, Italy created maybe two chances, scored from one of them. Uh, Spain probably should have scored off at least three, if not more, and they didn't. Uh, and it's just, yeah, maybe, maybe this is like, because like Spain have been in the doldrums of international football for a good on five to six years now. I think this is, this is their sort of coming back into the limelight, but they're not quite, they weren't, they didn't quite have the experience and the, the savvy to see it a game like that out. Yeah. A hundred percent. They've got, they've got so many positives though in their team. Like, and I, I think the big thing, like the, the big story with Spain is basically they dominate games and, and haven't, and haven't scored goals. Um, but I just think that the thing about Spain in this tournament is, is the style of football they play is just beautiful. Mm. And no other team in the tournament, like even England included, like you can't look back and say, you can't look at it and say this is a nice style of play. Italy either to be, like they, they're more expansive. Um, but I just think, yeah, Spain are far and away. Um, yeah, the like best the, style of play at the tournament is beautiful. It's, the amount of times we were watching even the Italy Spain game and just being like, Phew, like, yeah. we get Busquets one touch pass or this little turn or a, a ball from Pedri or yeah. just like little things like yeah, yeah. And Sergio Busquets is ten times better than Jorginho. Yeah, you know, no one can tell me any different. Like, I think yeah, just just the way those Spanish midfielders take on the game, um, pass the ball forward. I don't think Jorginho really does that. Like, sure, he has good stats, mm. but. I heard someone it's say, easy when you're passing the ball sideways. Yeah, I heard someone say the other day that uh, Busquets is the best one-touch player in the world. Yeah. I actually, I, I, I thought about it for five minutes. I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> He's up there. And yeah, that's that's the thing as well, isn't it? He just, he just, he, he doesn't have the ball for that long, but he just gets it and moves it on. And yeah, yeah. we've talked about that in the Premier League. Like, you know, Liverpool losing that last season with Henderson. Like, it's so important to, to a good team. And yeah. And uh, yeah, of course... Um, uh, we've, we've talked about this a little bit off air but since Jorginho scored the, that penalty that everyone's going to be like oh what a penalty when really like he does that every week it's, and I think honestly keepers should know it'd be better by now uh, but anyway peep, uh, that aside that that game and the fact that he's now reached a European final and a Champions League final people are pundits and uh, coaches alike and fans are starting to say that he should be in the Ballon d'Or conversation which like, I don't want to sound like a hater like he's a good player but that is just ridiculous He's a, he's a very good player for sure, and he's and he's he's obviously achieved a lot this season. But yeah, I agree. Like the, I, don't, but, I don't think. He's but there's lots of though. very good players in world football, and then there's Ballon d'Or contenders, like people like Ronaldo and Messi, you know, who who win it. Yeah, the the, the thing the thing I would say on that though is it's going to be more interesting moving forward this Ballon d'Or race, and like I'm looking forward to that for sure. Mm. But it's going to be a lot more debate over. Yeah, and like okay, yeah, there's a lot more debate over, but I just think like. If Jorginho is so good, why was an eighteen-year-old outplaying him for one hundred and twenty minutes in the quarter in the semi-final? Like, yes, Pedri is a 
game-changing talent. Like he'll be a star of the game for the next 15 years. But the fact of the matter is he's 18 and he outplayed a Georgina who is in his prime. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It, yeah, it's going to be scary to see Pedri in his in his prime. Yeah, even Pedri, even when Pedri gets to the same age that like Mbappe is now, like yeah. three years, like it'll be wild. Yeah, because I, I suppose maybe one thing about his game is he might be a little bit, um, not quite as strong in the ball as as you might hope hope him to be. But you know, he's eighteen, so. Bro, get him in the weight room. <laughs> I'm very excited to see it, but yeah, the, the, there's also a lot of like a lot of good young players in the span. Fernand Torres, obviously 21. Um, Unai Simon's to only 24. Um, he looks he looks really good. Obviously, Laporte like, is only like 25. I'm pretty sure. Paul Torres, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, actually, I'm not sure, but but something like that. He looks like young. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think that much of Oyatabal, but. He's he's quite young as well and mm. can probably kick on. Obviously, Luis Enrique um, rates him. So yeah, but yeah, I think um, there's also been some talk that sort of was being like went after the game of the Italy Spain game. A lot of people were throwing out, oh, like Spain dominated the ball, but oh, God, Italy game managed really well. I just want to get you, like your thoughts on this because I'm not sure if it was a whole lot of game managing or a whole lot of, like we said before, sort of just naivety and missed chances from Spain. Yeah, I, I, I reckon that's I reckon that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd 100% disagree with people saying that Italy did such a good job of managing it for, for 120 minutes. It was like Spain dominated the ball, created chance, like heaps of chances I've got here, 16 shots to Italy's seven, um, which is d- domination going forward as well. And... It's it's a similar thing that we were saying when Sweden like ground out that one or sorry nil or draw with with Spain early in the tournament. People were saying, oh, that they were so good defensively. It's just not the case. Spain just couldn't take their chances, but completely. Yeah. And dominated. then like, and th- there was no management from Italy. Yeah, they scored on the they scored a, a really good counter attack, but. And also, like, like it's sixteen shots, and then it doesn't even include two of the best chances of the game early in the game, where Pedri plays through Oyathabal, doesn't control it, it goes behind him. If he controls it better, it's a goal. And then later in the game, Oyathabal again cross gets played into the box. He misses the header from like eight to ten yeah, yards that's out. Right, yeah, I mean, they they won't even register as shots on goal, but like, yeah, it's two golden chances. Yeah, I think like I credit, I obviously credit to Italy to to come out uns, like unscathed in a, with a one all. Uh, after extra time and then we don't have the nerve to finish some penalties but like to say that it was like a masterful game plan or like beautiful tactical performance is reading into it a bit too much yeah yeah I think people just gushed over Italy and it's it's not it's not that warranted that like a, amazing credit to them 33 games like what one in a row international level oh no unbeaten unbeaten but yeah they're not going to be the better side on Monday morning. That's basically it. I think the, the the worst moment from this game for me was when Morata missed that penalty. I hate, I hate that. Yeah, because he did he did so well to like create and finish. Yeah, he had the goal that equalised, and like it was really like vindication for a player who's been put through it this tournament. But yeah, it's just it's the highs and lows of international football, I guess. Yeah, he he did amazingly well to to come back from so much criticism early in the tournament. Um, yeah. Well, well, uh, your point on Italy gushing, uh, people get out gushing over Italy leads me on to my next thing, which is uh, on, the, on the flip side, people are not gushing over England. <laughs> uh, there's been quite a few critics <laughs> of England and certain England players. 
uh, England, England seems to have gone from... Actually, I don't think we were ever really like, you know, maybe the uh, beloved underdog, but somewhat of a pantomime villain now after what had transpired in the semi-final against Denmark. So first we'll touch on um, the manner in which we won the game, uh, the Sterling pen- the Sterling winning the penalty. Uh, just before we break, look into it any further, just as it happened, did you think it was a penalty? When I saw it live, I thought it was a penalty, but looking back on it, it's if 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 you see it the first time in slow motion, then sure, it's it's probably not a penalty because there's there's not that there's not probably enough contact for him to go down of of Marla. But you know, the referees seen it. Everyone who saw it in real time thought it was a penalty, and there's not enough evidence for me to for VAR to overturn it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it, I I said from the start, like as soon as I saw the first replay, it's soft, but at the same time. You touch a play. You touch a player in the box as a defender, when, and especially if that player is running at speed, which Sterling was. You run the risk, and not only he's, he's touched once, he's, not, he's touched twice by two different players. He's sort of sandwiched, and like, there's not a lot of contact, and it is soft. Like, don't I'm not trying to get away from the, the issue that it's soft here, but the fact of the matter is, you run the risk if you if you contact if you contact a player. Yeah, the, there was no need. Marler wasn't winning the ball from there, and he also had the, the other Danish defender in front of him, who basically had it covered, and he was going basically nowhere. So he did himself absolutely no favors and gave the referee every chance to give the penalty. Yeah, like, and also uh, another thing that was uh, Gary Neville said when he was interviewed by Sky Sports is that like, honestly, the way that game was going in the last. 20 like in most of the first half of extra time and even the last 15 20 minutes of regulation time England were going to score a goal like it was an onslaught and like we touched on just before England Denmark had moments early in this early in the second half early in the first half I think early in the first half the occasion may have got to England a little bit just a little bit sloppy a bit scrappy and then in the second half uh, Denmark coach must have really got into them and they came out firing, but I feel like apart from those two sides, England dominated. Yeah, and it was just a it was just a goal from talent. Like this is something you alluded to in in the ep- last episode. It was just like the talent levels between like England's front three and Dan and Dan Denmark, Denmark's back four is just night and day. Yeah, as, as, especially once the subs were made too. Like there was just yeah a, a massive goal from talent and as you say like England were probably going on to score um, and the only reason that goes down as the winner and very controversial winner um, fair enough um, was because like we changed the game management after that yeah and just passing the ball around them and we did that incredibly yeah, well that was like beautiful. you want to talk about game management a la Italy like that's game management yeah. like just literally did not give them the ball yeah. for like 15 minutes yeah yeah, that was that was an awesome moment. But yeah, I hundred percent agree. We, we we were coming, we, we were dominating, and the, the Danish team was like gassed. Yeah, out on that. their leg, like last legs, like yeah. yeah. But yeah, that that Dams guard golf, f- full credit to him. Phenomenal. Yeah, that's an awesome moment. That's I really awesome hope that moment. he finds. Uh, I, I no knock on Sampdoria, but I feel like a, a a top team that's like challenging in the Champions League picks him up because I reckon he'd be a fun player to watch. Yeah, I was the thing we heard the other day was like he he looks really good, um, but there may be week in week out in a in a 
top flight campaign, the body might not be there yeah, quite yet. Yeah, because he, he, he doesn't last 90 minutes either. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is like, as a 20-year-old, I know I know Pedri's 18 and lasting 120 minutes, but like that's apples to oranges a bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a, a prospect, if you will. Yeah. He can be good. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, there's not a whole lot more aside from the controversy and uh, to talk about the England uh, Italy game is the fact that like England for the most part were the better side and like I, and like they, they did deserve to go through like I I'd, I'd like penalty aside like I'd find I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find many people who even who aren't England fans to who would be like no England didn't deserve to win that game because they did so. People are just salty, man. Yeah, like I said, England's become this pantomime villain now, and everyone loves. It and everyone's like, "Nah, I want Italy to win because fuck England. They've played six out of seven games at home. Like that's a reason. Like we're giving them unfair advantage, which is just bullshit. Yeah, like you know, tournaments aren't in countries. Yeah, and then and then <laughs> where, and, where and, people are competing. And then I saw a rebuttal to this that was like, "Oh, but like in in that instance, everyone plays in the same country. Other countries have had to travel super far." And I'm like, "While that is the case." The only reason more games are being ho- played at Wembley is because the t- like a lot of host cities pulled out, so Wembley took on the load of playing more games, so the tournament could go ahead. So you either don't have a tournament, or you have a few more games at Wembley. It's just no argument. It's yeah. just no argument. People are just just salty, man, and let them be salty. <laughs> <laughs> let them be salty. This is like this is a beautiful. This is not beautiful, but this is a great bunch of players and a, like a really good squad who deserve their success. So, yeah, haters gonna hate. Man. Haters gonna hate, man. <laughs> like I, 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 off air after the game, I was saying I was just like honestly, like if you if you if you're upset about the stealing thing, have a cry. Yeah. Have a fucking cry. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I was there. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On my Instagram, I showed this um, Stephen A. Smith's clip for any basketball fans out there where it was like, uh, the, the, the tweet says, uh, oh, so you think Sterling went down easily, you say, and then it's the clip of Stephen A. Smith going, I'm going to be honest with you, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have to share it. To the yeah, we'll, we'll share it. We'll share it. Um, anyway, that, mo- that leads us to the final, England versus Italy. Uh, how's this one going to go? I th- I think I think England will, will absorb a bit of pressure early. I think I think Italy are going to come out and like like you said in the Denmark game, the the occasion did get to the players a little bit, and they did a really good job of stabilising after after conceding a goal. And the Denmark team had had a really good first twenty minutes or so. Um, so I I can see that ha- that happening again. Like it's a huge occasion for a lot of young English players playing in front of like. Yeah, a massive crowd at Wembley. So, absorb a bit of pressure at the start, and I think we'll grow into the game. Um, Do you think both teams play unchanged 11s? I'm just, I'm not sure about Saka. I'm not sure about Saka, whether he, he probably does start, actually. Yeah. I, I don't get this idea that, like, I saw Gary Neville say that, like, oh, I might, I don't think he starts because the occasion's too big for him. It's like, what? He's just, he played against Germany. He just played a semi-final. Like, what occasion's too big for him? Yeah. And true. then Gary Neville's like, oh, maybe like a Rashford comes in. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's a bad call. That's a bad call. Yeah, but I, I, I do think a Sancho could come in. Um, or even, Instead of Saka. I, th- I, th- I think Saka starts. Yeah, I think just because... It's just I think Gareth just likes his defensive aspect of, of yeah. his game. And, and look, it's worked. Um, and I think I think we can contain Italy. I don't... 
Yeah. I'm 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 not fully con- I I'm convinced by Chiesa. Immobile I don't think is is up to scratch especially against this England backline. And I think Insigne can also be bullied a little bit. I think Kyle Walker will be the best right back that Insigne has played against this tournament. Yeah. And he's he's just as fast as Insigne. He's two heads bigger than him and way stronger than him. Yeah. Like he's not that good. Insigne. And also like Insigne had a, a, came up against probably the first good right back he's played in uh Azpilicueta in the semi-final, mm. right? And was subbed off in the, at the end of regulation time, like or actually was I think he was one of the first subs Italy made because he hadn't had a good game. Yeah, and and like so, Carl Walker is a better right back than Azpilicueta. Yeah, and I mean even Chiesa went out of, out of the game. Like he was out of the game at the start. Like obviously went on and scored. and then saw they were going to sub him off and got got a got a fire on his belly. <laughs> But yeah, when they didn't have the ball that much, he, he kind of went out of the game. And the other thing, so it's it's Berardi and Chiesa who, who've played on the other side mainly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shaw is, has been immense defensively. Best left back of the time. Like, oh, actually, no. Before Spinazzola, after Spinazzola got injured, but yeah. But like going forward, really good. But he defensively, he's been solid as a rock. And yeah. I, I think, yeah. And I that- think those matchups in England, again, are better and also I think another the re- another potential reason why Insigne is not playing as well is because uh, he's got more defensive focus on him because there's no Spinazzola like Emerson's good but he's not Spinazzola overlapping him and uh, adding to Italy's attack down that side yeah so it's the, the more the more focus from England's defence or Spain's defence was on him and therefore he was more quiet and I think this will, be, this will happen again in um, the final yeah and yeah, I I think in in terms of down the middle as well, Harry Harry Maguire and John Stones are going to be able to contain Immobile. Yeah, like I remember how we were saying uh, Spain's centre back pairings isn't wasn't going to be up quite as up to scratch. Although they did play end up playing well, quite be up, quite up to scratch as uh, Italy's Kylini and Benucci. I think the the gap in class is a lot smaller between Kylini and Benucci and Maguire and Stones. Obviously, Kylini and Benucci have the track record of being good and much better for a lot longer but right now the gap's pretty small yeah yeah I, I, I agree 100% I think yeah I, I definitely think Chiellini and Bonucci are the the better centre back pairing mm. but Maguire and Stones are certainly building something that 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 could be and also like of the same stature Chiellini and Bonucci are better but like I also feel like like people are knocking on Stones and Maguire because you know past Maguire wasn't very good and Stones had issue in the past. But like, let's not forget here, Stones won the league and made the Champions League final. Uh, Maguire finished second, made the Europa League final. Juventus scraped through four in fourth, which is Chiellini and Bonucci. In like in the city, yeah. the like like that. I still think they're better, but like let's not let's not kid ourselves and and like just buy into the memes and think that like Stones and Maguire aren't world class centre backs because they are. They've proven it this season. Yeah. So, do you think maybe a back three will, will, will be brought in? I, I think if we were playing Spain, maybe, just because of how well they move the ball around and you want a bit more defensive solidity. I don't think so against Italy, though. I feel like you want that third midfielder in there. I think you want... like Because you saw the way Pedri shut down Jorginho, or not yeah. shut down, just sort of followed. I think if you can get Mason Mount to do that for a lot of the game, it's going to be really key. And just sort of combat their three with our three. If you only have a two in midfield with the back three, I feel like you allow them to dictate the play too much. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, th- I think almost Italy's forwards are less scary than, than those German forwards. Um, and yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him stay with the back, back four. I do cause think... Because we, we can take it to him. Yeah, I do think Italy's midfield is... like This is no knock on Rice and Phillips. Everyone knows how much I love those two. And Mason Mount as well. I do think Italy's midfield is still better. And I know I've just said I, I think Jorginho's overrated. But he's still very, very good. Uh, Barella's very good. And Verratti is the best midfielder in that midfield, in my opinion. So, like, it's a very good midfield, and I still and I do think they edge us, but I just also think that, like, it'll be, like, a tough... I think if Mount, Phillips, and Rice can really work as a cohesive unit in there, it'll be... If enemy can make it tough for them, then we give ourselves a shot, for sure. I think I think those guys haven't come up against something as defensive... Like, at, like a midfield as defensively sound as Rice and Phillips have been. And the other thing that I think I can predict with 100% certainty is... Those, that midfield's going to be going down like tons of bricks under the challenges from <laughs> from Phillips. Absolutely. <laughs> I, 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 I can't wait to see Phillips just yeah land a few big tackles on him. Yeah. yeah. Although I kind of I kind of really can definitely wait to not see uh, Italy soaking up a bunch of minutes lying on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just had a long day on the field today. He's just he's just cramped. <laughs> <laughs> That's what 90, 90 minutes of hard running will get you. Started at left wing, then started at right wing, went to left wing, got moved to right back, left back when we got an injury, and he does it all. Don't adjust. <laughs> cramps over. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I honestly like. I'm, I, we're both probably going to end up picking England to win because we believe England can win. And some people say, "Oh, like you're thinking with your heart or your head there," because like Italy for eight reasons A, B, and C is is better. But like, I feel like it's well, actually. I don't want to hear it. I, I, I don't want to hear. I, I don't want to hear it. Also, but like at this point of the tournament, we've come this far. Like, why, why? Like you can't tell me to not back us. Yeah. Like if this, if this was if this was the group stage and it was versus Italy versus De- England first game, I'd be like, "Yeah, fucking Italy's probably going to beat us." But like after seeing how this team's grown and developed over the course of this tournament, I would I'd, I'd back them against anyone. I'd back I'd back us against France. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 there's there's no way I'm predicting this one against England. So. No, <laughs> probably is a little bit biased, but you know, I don't care. So what? <laughs> we don't care anymore. <laughs> we don't care. All right. So uh, final predictions: how the game's going to go and the final score. So yeah, I, I reckon England are going to have to absorb a, a lot of pressure at, at the start and grow into the game. I don't think we'll... I'm going to say we're not going to concede in the 90. I reckon it's going to be over in 90. Maybe 1-0. 1-0. Because we're going to have to do a lot of defending. It's not going to be... It's not going to be free scoring. I, I, I do think we're going to concede. Um, I do think... I think this is going to go to extra time. Uh, all right, but I don't. Again, I don't think it's going to go to penalties. Uh, I think we win it in uh, in extra time, two one. Two one. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be hard not to concede against yeah. them. But I've done a lot of two one picks this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it's a done fa- a lot of, I've done fa- a few one nils. Favorite score. Favorite score under mine. So anyway, they, you heard it here first, um, and that's what we say. Uh, <laughs> It's coming home. <laughs> and that's what, that's uh, the, t- the and that's, news goes. And that's uh, the cookie crumbles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
Anyway, before we uh, round out, there is another huge um, final in world football. It's a tournament we haven't really touched on much uh, over the past month or so, or three weeks, or however long it's been going. Mainly because we, we didn't know a whole lot about most of the nations in it. But the two nations that are in it, we do know something about. Argentina versus Brazil in the Copa America final tomorrow. Uh, Saturday, uh, American time. But tomorrow, midday I think. Yeah, maybe I 11. Think it's around yeah, 10 or 11. Yeah. Also, it's Wilbur's birthday tomorrow, guys. Be, be, be sure to send him a message if, you, if you're hearing this. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on your birthday, uh, the Copa America final. Uh, Brazil going through 1-0 against Peru, I think. Uh, yeah. A moment of brilliance from Neymar to assist that, um, that goal. And then... Uh, Pretty intense penalty shootout. Yeah, between Argentina and Colombia. With, uh, after Messi assisting the first goal and Colombia coming back with that Luis Diaz, who looks like a serious player. He scored some goals. And then former Arsenal heartthrob turned Aston Villa superstar Emmy Martinez trash talks his way to three penalty saves, <laughs> uh, which is quite possibly the funnest, the most hectic keeper performance I've seen in a penalty shootout. Yeah, he really gave it the big end. Yeah. Frank. <laughs> he, he, he was chirping it all the way to the bank. I loved it. Messi was too. When, yeah. Yeah, when, when Yeri Mina missed, missed the penalty, he was like, dance now. <laughs> <laughs> You're not dancing now, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you read like the way to the translation for Emmy Martinez where it's like I'm gonna eat you up I'm gonna yeah. eat you up <laughs> yeah I was like is he saying this in English sure surely not <laughs> imagine him in his like weird like, yeah, so, like London. half London half Spanish <laughs> accent I'm gonna eat you up mate <laughs> yeah but no re- really well done from, from Emmy Martinez crazy performance I didn't I don't really love all, all, all the trash talk I mean, it's gamesmanship, and I think know. it's like I think uh, it's it's something you wouldn't see a lot of in the European game. Yeah, and not that I know not a lot about the South American game, but I feel like it's a little bit more heated, yeah. if you will. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's good and it's a good spectacle, but yeah. it's not. Did you did, it's you, not very did nice. you hear the ref? He was like, he was he was like Martinez, please do not say these things, please, please. <laughs> And then, and then Martinez was, and then Martinez stopped and then was just like you're a pussy. <laughs> the beauty of the copper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, a lot of people are saying Brazil's going to win this easily. Uh, our housemate Faber, Colombia fan, was also saying was also saying this. I'm pretty he, sure he would know the most. Uh, but I, I I don't know. Messi like Messi seems to be be on a fair bit of a tear. He's got like five assists and three goals in in so far in the tournament. Like. I think it's I think it's just that Brazil have like you know Neymar obviously but yeah. they they also have that solid team around him. They yeah, Thiago Silva, Marquinhos. Yeah. yeah. Um, who's in Who's in goals for them? Edison. Oh yeah, Edison. Yeah. Or if he's injured, Allison. Yeah, and they've just got a, a bunch like Fernandinho. Yeah, um, a crazy team around a superstar in Neymar who's. Probably at closer to his peak than Messi is. Obviously, yeah. Messi is a far higher peak. But um, but yeah, and also I don't know. There's there seems to be that you know curse around Messi in, 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 in international yeah. stage. This is partly why I, like I, I do want to see Messi win this. Like, I think Neymar's got plenty of chances to win more Copa Americas. I would like to see Messi win at least one international t- trophy because I think he deserves. It. I think he's been let down by his team plenty of times. It's yeah. time they finally pull through for him. But that being said, I don't necessarily think it's going to go that way mm. I think it'll be closer than people give it 
based on the sem- both the semi-finals and what I saw of uh, Argentina in the quarterfinal as well against Ecuador. But yeah, like you said, like Brazil's just got so much talent. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be unhappy with, with any result to be honest. Because yeah, like like you said, I lo- I love to see Messi, you know, get that major trophy with with Argentina, especially given you know what's all happened with Barca in recent years. Like he's just been yeah. let down majorly by that club, and now a free agent. Who knows where he goes? But but yeah, I'm also happy to see. Neymar win because I love Neymar. <laughs> yeah, Neymar. Neymar's just one of those players who, like, uh, obviously he has his critics for the flopping and whatever, but, like, if you're, like, I'm going to sound like a nonce here, but if you truly appreciate football, you like watching Neymar playing. Yeah, yeah he's just, yeah. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he's part of that, like, Brazil tradition of just yeah taking the mickey. Yeah, just yeah. absolute magic on the pitch, like, the Jogo Bonito style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I, I, like based off what I've seen, which is really only since the quarterfinals uh, is what I've seen of the Copa America, uh, I would say Brazil probably wins this. Yeah, all, all the games have been pretty cagey, but I do think Messi scores or assists at least one goal. I say Brazil probably wins this shock horror 2-1. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, go, um, I'll go Brazil an extra time. Three, two. No extra time, we go straight to penalties. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, normal time. <laughs> three, two. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking like three, two actually could be actually, a good no, shout. No, I, I reckon it'll be, I reckon it'll be, I'm going to stick with two all after 90 minutes and then Brazil on penalties. Brazil on penalties. Not Emmy Martin has to back it up again. Yeah, I'm really making this on the fly. I'm going to go Argentina <laughs> on penalties. <laughs> I've watched, yeah, to be fair, I've watched... Highlight packages. I've watched... Um, Maybe one half of one Copa America. Have you watched any of the so highlights? So this is based on nothing. So the, the prediction means very little. Yeah. You've watched some of the highlights though. Yeah, I've watched some highlights. I've yeah. watched, I, I saw the Luis Diaz. Actually, no, I watched a bit more of that Colombia-Brazil game where Luis Diaz scored that crazy... Overhead kick, yeah. yeah. And then Colombia got robbed by the referee in, in the lead up to that goal. Yeah. And then he... he kind of like he, how he, we got robbed today, <laughs> didn't we, Melbourne Uni? Yeah, we did. We did. We won't talk about that <laughs> Um, but yeah, and yeah, the, the ref also let that game go until the the hundredth minute. Like that's that's pretty insane. Ridiculous. Like, there's not that many stoppages, yeah. surely. But yeah, uh, so I've got Brazil two one in regulation time. You've got Argentina on penalties. Yeah, I like it. Emmy Martin is shit houseery. Yeah, <laughs> gets them over the line. Yeah, I'm gonna eat you up, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but pussy yeah, or... <laughs> pussy, <or>, yeah. <laughs> Ah, oh, we're a bit loopy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, that'll round us up. Uh, what a wonderful t- uh, few month of tournament football it's been. Tune in uh, Monday or Tuesday when we do our Euro and co- Euro wrap Euro wrap up and uh, Cop America result reaction. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not really about the tournament. We'll wrap up one game. But yeah, uh, be sure to look forward to that. And then, uh, as you may have not noticed uh, earlier today, earlier tonight, uh, Arsenal made their first signing. So we'll be talking about that very soon. Yeah, there's some signings to talk about. Yeah, plenty of signings to talk about. But yeah, that'll be uh, towards the end of next week. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as always, uh, give us a like and a follow on the Spotify and, yeah, and the Insta- Instagram and the Insta schemes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Let us know what you think uh, on Instagram if if you've listened through this far and uh, it's coming home. Yeah, <laughs> got the cramp coming on there. <laughs>